going on, guys? Welcome back to It Is What It Is. I almost said putting in work, but no, this is 8bit.net's news and current affairs podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, John O'Peck. Our regular host, Jack Cruz, is taking a much needed break, but I'm here with Salim, the Dream, Abraham, and we're bringing you the hottest of hot takes on the news you need to know about. How you doing, Salim? I'm really good. I'm really good. Not Jack. How are you? Yeah, it's, it's, is it weird that I'm not Jack? It's, I feel like we've hijacked the show. This is now, <laughs> this is now, it is what it is, uh, hosted by your good friends, John O'Peck and Salim Abraham. And yeah. Jack, uh, yeah, Jack, Jack's out. Jack's taking a, a, a nice little break. Um, hopefully, we don't break the show in his mm. absence. It's weird because I'm kind of hosting, but then what makes me the host and you the guest? I don't know. Cause <laughs> it's responsibility. Mainly. Yeah, right. Uh, it's responsibility. For putting the agenda together, which I really appreciate, oh, so right. I'll, I'll be, I'll stay the guest. I'm happy. Okay, sure. And you've got a bit of experience in taking over someone else's show with Hungry Gamers. That's where people would know you from. When Brendan's out of the hot seat, you tend to take the reins. Any advice yeah, that, for me? <laughs> uh yeah, just just uh, make it your own. Right. It's, so don't... it's always it's always fun when you sort of break the mold for a moment. Um, and just let it go where you feel like it should. Mm, um, yes. You're doing fine though. I, I feel like you've got enough experience with, with uh, putting in work. You'll you'll do fine. Sure. Um, but if you disagree, write in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is at eight bit. Net. I think that's the address. Should have checked that. Hey. Yeah. But no, I won't. I won't be doing an impersonation of Jack. This will be a slightly different uh, style episode, naturally, because it's so much of Jack's personality and his approach to the show. We're going to be going through a bunch of news topics. Uh, probably not in the detail that you get from a main topic usually, but we'll see where it goes. Maybe we become very passionate about one of these news items. But You'll get we, hot yeah. takes. You'll definitely get hot takes. Okay, as long as we've got that. Here's, yeah. here's one off the bat. Salim, the dream, Abraham, Tekken 7, PAX Australia champion, reigning. Not so, not so good at uh, Smash 64. <laughs> one in a row, Tekken champion. Correct, not so good at Smash as confirmed a week ago. Thank you, Jono. That's all right. Um, reigning champion of smash mm. i mean i gave jack my shout out as was part of the bet when he won that that final game but i don't know if uh if you've done your side of that bet yet on the hungry gamers i haven't actually been on an episode since that happened yeah i'll be sure to do it this this thursday i think we're recording sorry mm. sorry jack sure well not that sorry salim you've been on the show before do you want to tell people who are you exactly who you are what you've been up to lately with the hungry gamers yeah, absolutely. A uh, little, little bit odd. I haven't been on in the last couple of weeks because of some scheduling issues um, on my part. Uh, apologies in advance to Brendan and Ali. The Hungry Gamers, we're a weekly uh, video games uh, podcast. We like to cover anything and everything that's happening in the video game world, whether it's um, your latest releases, development updates, uh, crazy streamer stuff. Um, and then also we like to talk a lot about what we're playing and how good or bad um, a time we're having with it. Mine's been pretty pretty dull. I was telling you uh, a moment ago, Jono, that I'm, I'm stuck in a wow hole mm. at the moment and I cannot <laughs> see the light. I cannot see my way out of this tunnel. Um, but yeah, if you want to give us a listen, uh, look for The Hungry Gamers. Uh, you can find it on 8bit.net or if you search hashtag 8 Collective, you can find all of our podcasts, including It Is What It Is. Mm. Um, Indeed. Yeah. And if, that's, you, uh, uh, that's it. if you search the iTunes charts, you'll find it up there as well because I saw it was number two <laughs> in video games. So congratulations on that. Very Thank you very much. Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> We're, I think we're still on, not to gloat, but also a bit of a humble brag. Um, we're still on the front page of iTunes' yeah. like games thing. New the and new noteworthy. And noteworthy yeah. yeah, two years in a row. Um, Fantastic. Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's get into the news. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is our first one. It's kind of a kooky story. I thought it'd be fun to start off with something fun. And I've titled this one, Snake Not on a Plane. Uh, but this this story made the headlines around the world. A royal python was stranded in the United States after airline security basically refused to allow it to board a plane to the Caribbean. The TSA officers found the snake inside a hardware, like a hard drive enclosure this week on Tuesday. Uh, and, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, not required to attend, but I believe as policy <laughs> of uh, US Air Customs to have him on standby when a snake is sighted in that, that kind of proximity to a plane Salim have you ever tried to sneak something onto a plane um not 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 intentionally I I have the unfortunate um 
uh, I'll say just the unfortunate uh, situation of being Middle Eastern looking. <laughs> um, so just trying to get on a plane with, with normal items yes. for me is always a bit scary. Um, but I actually had a bit of an issue last... Actually, coming down to Melbourne two weeks ago, I didn't realize that I couldn't... Um, stupid of me. I, I had scissors in my bag. Mm. Uh, that I was taking onto the plane, just like beard trimming scissors. And that got caught out straight away. And they were on me like white on rice. Um, And I was terrified. I thought I was going to be stuck there for ages. Thankfully, they just kind of threw the scissors away. They must get a hundred of those a day. I've never tried taking a snake on a plane though. And I think that it's pretty pretty ballsy (laughs) endeavor to try and smuggle a snake on some kind of, you know, international flight. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. yeah, and it's like why? Why is this an important thing to take with you? Is it a gift? I don't know. I want to know the story behind the snake. <laughs> I, I think they're just smuggling it. I think they must be smuggling. Right. I like the um the, the the sort of verbiage in this article though to say that the snake was stranded, uh, mm. almost as though it was meant to be allowed on the plane in the first place <laughs> in a in a hard drive enclosure. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like its owner continued on to the Caribbean and it was left without without anyone to care for it just the, the TSA officers have a new pet it's it's crazy so I hate flying I'm not a big flyer um, just the thought of being on a plane like I have to mentally psych myself up for that it doesn't matter if it's like an hour or 10 hours it's really bad but if I knew there was a snake on a plane I would die I would actually die of a heart attack in midair um far out some people are just so ridiculous we can we can thank the tsa and all airport security for their hard work even though they make our lives pretty hard sometimes inconvenient sometimes yeah good on them (laughs) good on them too actually Um, i mean inside a hard drive as well yeah yeah although i can't imagine that'd be too hard to to find like if if the bags go through that scanner you'll just Mm. see this sort of heat signature (laughs) this ball of like red on the screen. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, oh they got crazy. the bomb experts out there too. I think it was, yeah, it was probably a day for them. Mm. Uh, story. For the have you ever kids. tried smuggling anything? Yeah, definitely. Have no, you ever, have I mean, you ever tried probably water, like, maybe water, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've definitely snuck water into like a, a music festival. You know what? You're not supposed to take your own water in or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. I love it. Really? Is it was it? It was water though. It wasn't. Vodka yeah, no. It was, I, I know you're right? thinking of the festivals where you're not allowed to bring alcohol, but this was like a massive, like two liter bottle of. Well, it was empty though. I crushed it, like I crushed it flat and like stuck it down my pants, like in the back of my pants, and just like walked through with my t-shirt over it because they try and charge you like six or seven dollars for like a, a 500 mil water. But I knew it was gonna be. A, it was yeah. like summer festival, gonna be really hot. I needed this water. It was a matter of health and safety. In my opinion, <laughs> this, this might that might be the most responsible thing I think I've ever heard in terms of uh, festival prep. That's amazing. Yeah. Usually, people are trying to take the water bottle in for vodka. Um, here hey, you man. are, just trying to take the bottle in empty for water. I'm a good Christian boy. Come on, you you really are. Oh my goodness! <laughs> all right, all right. I, I respect that. I Thank that's you. that's better than any news item we're going to talk about today. <laughs> All right, we'll see because we're, we're going to move on to the, the, the update on the Thailand caves. So last week, uh, Sammy Deej and our friend Jack were getting into this one. And it's, you know, fortunately, since then, a very good ending to a fairly crazy story. Yeah. Well, have you been following this since the start? Uh, not since the start. I, I got in kind of real late. I, I you, hear, you can't not hear about it. It's been yeah. talked about everywhere. Um, and I, I knew there were people trapped in a cave. I didn't understand like how they got there in the first place. So I, I kind of got that last week. Mm. Um, but yeah, great that they're all out, uh, and very amazing. Like just the effort to get them out, the number of people involved in the rescue operation that they were even found yeah. is incredible. <laughs> there's so, yeah, there's so much about this that you could really drill into to really understand how, how it was possible how it happened, how they even were to get them out and what made it so difficult because you, you look at mm. some of the graphs and the maps and it's like, oh, well, they were only four kilometers in. How hard could it be? But really, you think about the amount of water and the tight, you know, spaces and the steep, uh, you know. To, to hold a flashlight, apparently a meter in front of you under on, in that water, it was so thick that you wouldn't be able to see a thing. A <sighs> meter ahead of you. It's cr- mm. And of course, that poor diver who did die, 
mm. um, putting the oxygen tanks um, along the, you know, the I suppose the pathway back. Yeah, it's, it was rough. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Great story, but awful story. It is, yeah. It's it's a it's a sh- real shame that it, it happened because obviously it's a tragic thing for someone to lose their life. But for these kids, you know, their kids, I can't imagine how terrified they were. Um, we, and we probably should just explain for people who have, you know, maybe you've been on holidays and not reading the news for a couple of weeks, but this was a, a Thai soccer team went for a walk through the caves. It There was, you know, torrential rains and the cave basically flooded to the point where these kids and their soccer coach were stranded in there and a huge mammoth uh, effort has been made to rescue them like a, a diehard mm. level kind of plot yeah it, um and, yeah and the the interesting wrinkle i guess to add on top of what uh jack and, and sammy talked about last week was elon musk's involvement which has kind of stolen the spotlight in in terms of some of the conversations happening about this but you know the tesla billionaire uh offered his services his intellect his you know everything that he's got his his billion dollar uh R&D background or resources to develop this kid-sized rocket tube mini submarine. Uh, it wasn't needed. They, they told him, thank you, but you can take your toy and uh, you can go home. He decided he declined to go home. He stayed and he he left the uh, submarine for people to to use if they should ever need it. But For people, people to marvel at. Yeah. yeah. But I guess the the bizarre part of it was uh, that his gesture was viewed as quite unnecessary and self-promoting. Do you think that he copped an unfair flack? I think, you know, he's been accused of using this cave rescue to build his own brand and everything. But, you know, do we have to be so cynical? I don't know. I think that it's been quite an overreaction to someone that, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, he's trying to help here. He's got a a habit of of doing this though not mm. not like promoting himself but just people fans like it's weird to say fans but he has fans of he followers does. people um you know come to him with problems to solve like actual serious issues like this one and he gets on it he gets straight to it like he's got nothing else a clear schedule ahead of him <laughs> i think of the episode of the simpsons where uh mr burns is holding like a miniature plane and he's, he's like all all like got a beard and stuff and smithers is looking at him like what's wrong what's wrong he's like this is the spruce moose get in smithers you know uh like just kind of crazy uh just so in his own head Hmm. um i i I think it's fine i i think it's funny and i think that elon musk probably has some form of sort of narcissism um You'd have to at that level of, of success, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's, but he's such a genius. And I, I, I really appreciate him. I think that the world needs more people like Elon Musk who, um, you know, like he's trying to solve the South Australia energy crisis mm. for us. Yeah. Um, he's done the math on the uh, like cross-continental train tube thing um that he wants to build like this guy is truly a genius and very clever and you know and of course he's got tesla which if you know depending on where you sit uh is is a pretty you know amazing world-changing thing in this instance i think he's probably you know maybe just keep your mouth shut a little bit um but thank you for the sub (laughs) it reminds Uh, me of um like if if a car breaks down in like a neighborhood, like a suburban neighborhood, and suddenly every dad <laughs> gravitates towards the car with its bonnet lifted up, like yeah. they have something to offer. Like, have you tried, you know, have you tried whacking it? I don't know. I'm not much of a car guy, but it, it, I'm sure that when he turned up, the, the authorities were very much like, "Thank you, uh, Elon. You can yeah. get it now." <laughs> that was kind of the reaction. I don't remember the official's name, but the official he was uh, sort of liaising with you was kind of like, mm. "Thanks, but uh, we're fine. We'll just stick to the diving operation." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because imagine if it went wrong. Like he's developed this thing in like less than a week. This amazing piece of technology, and yeah. they're using it with like an asset, basically like a SWAT team level, you know, Op. rescue mission, and yeah. then this like solid snake type rescue hero <laughs> drowns because Elon Musk's you know didn't carry the one in one of his uh, mathematical equations yeah yeah I, 
Look, absolutely. And, and of course, in these situations, the rescue teams are, are like trained. They would be trained to deal with yeah. something like this. So they've probably got some form of procedure that exists to deal with this. But um, but I, 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 again, I appreciate Elon. And I think that um, people are very quick to sort of poo-poo what probably seems like a really bizarre idea. Like even reading the fact that he's created a child-sized uh, sub to to ferry these people out it just seems a little bit bizarre but you can't i I just i feel like it's it's a bad reaction to sort of poo-poo it straight away without actually kind of hearing a man out yeah Um, i think a lot of it would probably come from other things that he's said or done or other reasons that people don't like him and they're kind of projecting that onto what is quite possibly a very earnest attempt to help in a situation that could he thinks could use a little bit of help so yeah, yeah to, to, to maybe attack this another way, he's definitely not, with the world um, sort of looking at this whole thing, he's definitely not going to do something that would put any of them at risk. For branding alone, that would suck. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's no incentive for him to really not try if he's if he's putting his hat in the ring here. That's right. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, go Elon. I'm a big fan of Elon. <laughs> and... Uh- I did see a, a funny tweet that was something like the world turning against a, a billionaire that's trying to do something nice is how supervillains are created. So you might want to be careful of that, you know. He could he could very easily be Lex Luthor. He yeah. could Lex Luthor. Um, on, this, on this cave thing, this um, thing I read earlier this week uh, about when the divers first found them, this like blew my mind. The first thing they needed to find out the 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 team and the coach was exactly how long they'd been down there mm. and they were down there i think for 12 days can you imagine losing all concept of time for 12 days yeah it, wow. it, it's these poor people i'm so glad they're out yeah and like it goes to show how amazing the human body is that it can survive that long without food i know that they were yeah. drinking water that was leaking down like it was somehow clean water that was coming into the cave and that's enough to get you through apparently which is good to know <laughs> yeah great little survival tip yeah i'll add that to the to the list along with cut your arm off if it's stuck under a boulder exactly yeah bear grills yeah. that that uh that cave water yeah <laughs> and the you know the inevitable hollywood movie storylines have already come into how can we turn this into a, a movie to tell this? You know, they, they say it's to tell this amazing story, but it's, you know. Yeah, to, to make this amazing dollar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually keen to see interviews. Um, yes, these, that will be fascinating. People. Yeah, especially if um, I, I, even just from the, you know, the, there was an Australian involved with the medical side of it, and I'm sure he would have some really interesting insight into it mm. from, uh, I guess, a communication spe- perspective. He'd be interesting to hear talk about it. Mm. But we shall move on to our next item, Sarah Palin, everyone's favorite failed running mate. Uh, she's she's got got she got got. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen got her, uh, as he does, Mister Prankmaster himself, Ali G, Borat, uh, Bruno. If you're a fan of Sasha Baron Cohen's movies, you, you know exactly the kind of situation that was set up with this. Uh, for people who haven't seen the news. Sarah Palin came out and said that she had fallen victim to this prank and it's going to be part of uh, Cohen's Showtime TV series, I believe, as opposed to a film. But yeah, he he posed as an injured military vet. He embarrassed her. She said it was evil. (laughs) What do you say? What do I say? Uh, Did did the interview go ahead or did she get out there and realize kind of up front? I, I couldn't quite tell. I don't think it was until afterwards. So she, she said, you know, she said, watch it and you'll see like, you know, what kind of, you know, low life this guy really is, that kind of thing. So uh, I, I think it's really great promotion for for uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic promotion. I had no idea that this was happening until mm. um, until this week, until this, this story. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a little tweet up on, uh, on the Twitters already promoting it and um it features it features dick cheney signing a water bottle a water board yeah yeah uh yeah exactly under the from the question can you please sign my waterboard <laughs> dick dick happily obliges yeah. um i i yeah i think this is really funny i i think this is very 
typical. I don't know how he gets away with it, how he manages to book these interviews mm. with people. And he's done this his entire career. He books he these has, interviews yeah. as a you know ludicrous personality and people just do it. Do you feel like there is anything... And obviously, it's done as satire. He's often doing it to expose... Uh, prejudices and insecurities and all those kinds of things that are you know issues in in american culture yeah but do you think that there is a sinister side of misleading people especially as she's claimed that it was done under the guise of being a you know injured war veteran uh and that kind of thing you have to you have to wait to see it i think it's hard to say because you don't understand the intent until you actually see what he what the interview was um, I, I still don't know exactly what the show's about. Um, yeah, I, I, it would be interesting. I think you could answer that question after that particular interview airs. Sure. I doubt it. I doubt it just from, um, you know, his body of work to date. It's, 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 it, none of it really seems sinister. Um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely malicious in its approach to the interview subjects. So he mm. definitely does not really give a shit about the people he's interviewing um, and how they come off. Um, but that's, again, that's kind of part of, or the, I guess a casualty of what he's got to do, you know, to, to mm. prove his point, whatever it might be. Yeah, I don't really have any, any sympathy for Sarah Palin. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's done anything wrong ever, but I think, her, you know, her worldview is a little bit distorted. Um, I'd, I'd yeah, be... I'd say that in, in picking his targets, you know, who I guess in picking his victims, he's picking people that at least he believes are people who deserve to be put under that kind of microscope and to absolutely. be, you know, pranked. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I wonder if this has anything to do with gun violence. Um, looking at Dick Cheney and Sarah Palin as the two people that I found that he's, he's interviewed already. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he's posing yeah. as a, a classic, like make america great again war veteran the the twitter account for the character that he's playing on who is america is billy w ruddick jr phd and uh in a in the second the other link that i sent you he's actually put out his response to palin and it says uh i did not say i was a war vet i was in the service not military but united parcel and i only fought for my country once when I shot a Mexican who came onto my property. Oh so my that's God. The, <laughs> that's the kind of uh, satire we can see coming from oh, uh, Billy Wayne Ruddick Jr. That just sounds so calculated. Like he was yeah. expecting to have to defend yeah, he knew <laughs> exactly that was what he's being accused of. Yeah, He knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, well played, well played. Well, How do you think um, you would you- react yourself, Salim, if you mm-hmm. were the victim of a prank that exposed you for the... Uh, I don't know. I've got no the awful, no, uh, the awful person. That the I awful person that you are. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like to think that I'd be really cool, calm, and collected. But no, I, I know deep down in my heart of hearts uh, that I would be furious, and I, I, I would be ropeable, and uh, th- I would throw things. Whatever's closest to me, <laughs> I'd be throwing things. Uh, it, I, yeah, it's kind of like you have I'd to go it. along with it, don't you? The only way to remain cool is to just be like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, my, yeah. my Twitter account would be telling a very different story. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But but actually, in a room, me, uh, I, I would just be so angry. How, how would you handle it? I think, yeah, I would have to be, I would have to be the self-deprecating side of it, which... You know, yeah. you see, you see things like going back to when Ashton Kutcher was the big deal and doing punked and that kind of thing. The different yeah. reactions would be like, you know, people that were totally like, "Ah, oh, you got me," and then there's people that are just like crying, and it's and they're kind of, you just feel bad, you feel awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I also love being a fly on the wall in these moments, like just just kind of observing mm. and uh, enjoying. Yeah, uh, I think the- uh, I think there's a place for the kind of comedy that Sasha Baron Cohen does. Definitely, he he pushes it a little bit far sometimes for me in terms of like it's it's always pretty funny, but some of the stuff I don't need to see. Some of the stuff scars scars the uh, the eyes, <laughs> Burn, burns in the retinas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He really does push push boundaries. Um, I remember seeing Borat the first time. Mm. Uh, and just like 
the the commentary of the the whole um you know mockumentary aside that long scene where he's fighting naked with his yeah. um with his his manager his and manager. they like and they break into a ballroom mid fight yeah. like None of that's necessary. That's purely thematic. Like, that's just to tell the story. Dramatic, I should say. It's purely dramatic. Um, yeah, that that, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I still remember that fat guy. naked. Just uh, amazing. Yep. I love it. Absolutely. Okay. A bit more Hollywood. We've got a bit of Hollywood news today, but most of it's in the guise of, I guess, social commentary and that kind of thing. But this one is purely... A Hollywood story. Lando Calrissian is back. Are you a big Star Wars guy, Celine? Uh, I I am. I guess yeah. I like Star Wars. You look a bit like Lando today with the moustache. I have to say, if you can't, if you haven't seen Celine lately, you're missing out because he's got this glorious uh, Freddie Mercury Lando Calrissian moustache. Bit of Billy D. Williams himself. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars guy, and I was happy to hear about this. Um, mm. So I, Billy I, D. Williams is going to be back in Episode Nine for people who missed that piece of news yeah. and uh most of the reaction was very positive and i guess you would be among the people excited for this can we can we spoiler alert this part because i want to ask you a question um so if anyone wants to see the the latest um solo? two star wars films oh, no not necessarily yeah. solo but the episode seven and eight and you have it maybe just skip the next couple of minutes mm-hmm. um where do you think orlando is going to fit in into episode nine um Good question. Knowing where the story is at the moment. I suppose the kind of obvious thing would be to be some kind of rebel leader. Uh, I think that's what he was in the extended universe before that was scrapped completely. I'm not Mm. an expert on uh, the, you know, that kind of thing. The law. So someone's going to, some nerd's going to come out with uh, his glasses on the end of his nose and correct me probably. (laughs) But you can send all your tweets to at cruzy underscore mate for that correction. (laughs) But yeah, I think that with uh, all the characters from the original trilogy now departed, mm. he will kind of be the token leader from the uh, the rebellion. Yeah, and with Carrie, that's my that's my view. Yeah, yeah, I, I like yeah, I, I think so too. And of course, with Carrie Fisher passing, um, I I forget. I think I heard at the time that they'd already recorded kind of all they needed for her for episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I got that right. Maybe it was just to complete episode eight. But yeah, with her passing yeah, I, away, I don't think she's in, in the, the real world. But yeah, I don't think she's in. Yeah, nine. they're gonna have to do something off screen with her. They hadn't actually written the script. Actually, yeah, that has to be wrong. They, they hadn't written the script uh, at the time episode eight was released. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd have to come back as some kind of mentor figure, probably replacing, unfortunately, Carrie um, mm. in whatever story they might have wanted to tell. Um, yeah, this is cool though. He's such a you know beloved character. Um, the Cloud City is one of the best places in the Star Wars universe. One of the most uh, iconic, I think. Yes. Um, I'd like to maybe see it go back there. That'd be really cool. It would. And I guess with Solo just coming out and uh, Donald Glover doing such a great performance as young Galando, it'll be cool to see him on the screen again and mm. where he's where he's gone since you know we last saw him which mm. will be cool and uh, you know the reason i put this on here as well as being you know a pretty cool announcement is i wanted to know star wars uh actors again i think it was on last week's or maybe the week before of this very podcast there was discussion about the way that some of the uh, actors performing these characters have been treated poorly by fans who aren't exactly happy with what's ended up happening to those characters yeah. or, or just like the way that the characters exist altogether. So do you think that there is an inevitable disappointment with how Lando is used? Uh, you, good question. The way that we saw, you know, people were upset about, oh, Luke's not the same Luke as my Luke. That's not what Luke's but do. It, you, you know what doesn't help that at all is um, uh, Mark Hamill himself saying the same thing. <laughs> uh, like... After Thanks, Mark. Yeah. after episode seven, Mark went on a like a tirade about how he trained for months for just this one shot. He didn't realize what he was doing at the one shot, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I, look, I, you were always going to find your, your way into this territory when you you know extended the series. Mm. Uh, so Disney, 
Disney have kind of brought this on themselves. The actors, um, I, I think you can't. The old actors, yeah, like mm. you, them too. You know, they they kind of bear a bit of blame here. Um, I think Star Wars should have just. Like most people, you could have left it. All you had to do was sort of leave it alone. Um, or you could tell new Star Wars stories like they're planning to do with, um, I forget the name of the director of two, but he's got his own three now. He's got a trilogy of three um, that they've greenlit. But yeah, like you could have left this alone. Um, I, I do feel Are sorry. Are you saying that you uh, wish that they had? Um, I Yeah, kind of. I, I really do in a way. I, I think that there was no real need to to really do this the story like the original trilogy uh on their own are great i don't necessarily hate the prequels as much as most star wars fans do i think they're here's bad the hot films. take here's the hot take yeah there you go <laughs> send your uh send your complaints to cruisy underscore mate um <laughs> yeah i i think the prequels suck but i also like that they're telling the first part of that story too and, and it does thematically you know, it, it weave its way through six stories or six mm. movies to kind of tell one story. These last three, though, it just seems like, and then this happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, that's, that's okay to me. It's a world that I wanted to see more of. But yeah, that's kind of a different discussion altogether. It um, is. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that there will be, you know, for for every person there is, there's different opinion. So I think... There will be definitely a group of people upset about how Lando's used. There'll be a group of people upset no matter what happens. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's it's just the the fandom for Star Wars. There's nothing in the world I can think of that compares. It's getting out of hand, isn't it? Yeah, like what? Like really, what other um, IP is there that the people are this crazy about? Star Trek, yes. Mm. Trekkies, Trekkies are pretty intense. I don't know. Yeah, but like, there's no Lord of the Rings. You know, when the Hobbit bombed, there weren't, you know, a bunch of people coming out of New Zealand complaining about how bad that was. There uh, were, but they weren't, like, attacking the actors and, or the yeah. like the directors and saying, you've ruined my childhood novel. My life, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. I can't, I can't think of anything at that yeah. level. Oh, well, I guess they're yeah. just going to have to own it. The, the movies are still doing well. They, they are good movies, 7 and 8. They, they are not bad films at all hmm. yeah yep. still alright <laughs> alright I'll we'll shut up on this yeah, okay. no, I'll get to get some hate mail soon well we'll see yeah. S- send it all to cruzy underscore mate please uh, the next Hollywood story but this one has the social kind of aspect to it that I mentioned it's Henry Cavill's comments about the Me Too movement did you get, you get a chance to look over this one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. Do you want to give your interpretation of, of what went down? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill um, is apologizing in this in this world we live in now where everyone is just one tweet away from having their careers destroyed. <laughs> um, Henry Cavill made a, a, a remark. I forget to who, but he, he, he basically said... GQ Australia. Yeah. GQ Australia, thank you. Um, in, in, well, in... in to GQ Australia, I should say, he, he basically said um, something along the lines of he wants he needs to watch what he says in case someone comes out and accuses him of rape or something. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely nailed that explanation. Thank you. I'll get the quote you for you here. The quote here is that um, he basically said uh, he is worried flirting about flirting is, with women yeah. because he's going to be called a rapist or something. Um, which I think is pretty, you know, it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to the Me Too movement. And I think it's it kind is. of fair. It's pretty fair, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, you, you think it's fair? I, I, I actually don't... Yeah, I don't think he's saying that he is a rapist. And I don't think he's Obviously saying... <laughs> I don't think he's victim-blaming in that comment either. I just think that he's um, making a comment about how, again, you know, like you look at how many people have been attacked um not attacked but like how, how many people who have sexually assaulted women have uh co- been caught out after so long uh and thankfully everything's coming out now about a lot of these awful people and then you look at also 
this is really the hot take. This is the one that we yeah. could get caught out for. You look at also, I'll say, the other people who also found themselves in some kind of gray area and maybe acted in a dicky kind of way or acted in a way that, you know, you, you wouldn't want them to. I think mm. of I think of um, Aziz Ansari here. Yeah. Uh, and I also think, you know, look, what Louis C.K. did was awful. Fucking absolutely awful. Um but I, I actually think as well that this behavior is, it's its hard to judge years later. Uh, it's very hard to judge years later. And also, you, it's very hard to compare them to your Bill Cosby's. Yeah. You know, and very hard to compare to um, your Weinstein's. So in, in a world where just about everything's kind of coming out, any sort of interaction with anyone um, can be... Um, you know, misinterpreted or, or, or interpreted other ways. Again, Terry Crews coming out, you know, a couple yeah. couple of weeks ago saying that he, someone grabbed his dick, some some prick at a party grabbed his dick and, and he felt really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with that and that's all fair. Uh, but this is all behavior that I think a lot of us muck around with, you know, that kind of boisterous grabbing of crutch area, <laughs> you know, so many blokes suffer that around, uh, you know, a bunch of different environments. Out of the pub, if you're kind of, you know, you look at footy mates, that sort of stuff happens mm. all the time. Um, so I think this is a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think Henry's really saying anything that I, I personally haven't thought. Sure. So I think if that if you've kind of explained it a lot better than what he did, I think if he had said something with more of that nuance, it might have he might have got away with it. But instead, he's kind of said, if I flirt with someone. I could be accused of rape. And I think that that is an over complete oversimplification of the issue. And it's almost like saying that there are people, there are women out there in this case who can't tell the difference between sexual assault and flirting, which I think I don't know of any instances where just talking to someone has resulted in an, a serious accusation in the Me Too movement. Yeah. Or, yeah, no. I, I, um, do you know what I'm saying though? I, I do understand exactly what you're saying. And and I want to just sorry, sort of plant a flag now because I was sort of stammering my way through the first part there. I absolutely have um, you know no sympathy for any of these people that are being found out and mm-hmm. do not um, you know uh, do not disagree with the sort of uh, the victim, not the sorry, I was going to say the victim blaming. My God, um, <laughs> this naming and shaming of these people, I do not disagree with that at all, and it needs to happen. And it just again, I think the big thing that's come out of this entire, um, you know, the, all of these stories is that there's a huge culture of yeah. people abusing positions of power, and particularly men, or obviously men abusing their positions of power to do really disgusting things. And I think when you start to think of talking, like just talking alone, um, you look at uh, Selma Hayek's. Uh, Summer Hike wrote this really uh, fantastic but awful, harrowing um, article about her life with Harvey Weinstein. She calls him my monster. And she talks about all of the interactions that she had with him, not just the ones that involved, you know, him um, necessarily propositioning her. And when when you are in a position of power, how you talk to people matters. And I think that with the celebrity around someone like Henry Cavill, he's done nothing wrong. He's just kind of made this comment, but the celebrity around Henry Cavill um, does give him power. And when he does talk to women, I imagine the way he flirts with women uh, and the way I flirt with women, (laughs) probably very similar approaches, uh, but very different results. Uh, (laughs) And I think that, you know, you can, dude, if, if Henry Cavill flirted with me, I'd probably get caught up in the whole celebrity of the moment. And, you know, people again, interpret actions and words very differently, you know? So it's true. I really do, uh, to, you know, like I do agree wholeheartedly with what he's kind of trying to say here that we do live in this world now where, um, you know, something like flirting can mm. really have devastating, long-lasting effects to actors' careers, uh, to, to other people's careers. Um, and the, and the people should kind of, you know, to one side, rightly so, be careful and be respectful and, and not be a scumbag. But on the other hand, it's like, well, how far do we go here? You know? Sure. Yeah. I think that his apology... His apology was, sucked too. ...was pretty terrible. Like, yeah. if you're going to come out and, and make a statement about something like this and try to 
repair the damage that has been done to some people you have to actually say something but all he said was basically that the editorial you know that they that they took editorial liberties with what he said and he looks forward to clarifying his position in the future and to to, to me to ev- i, t- I to tweeted every out woman he meets from yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and to me I, I tweeted this like why not just give us that position now like if you're pre- preparing a statement tell us what they misrepresented tell us how you actually feel because this is your chance to change what people have made up in their mind that you're undermining this or misrepresenting this movement yeah 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 you're right you're right uh <laughs> i don't know why you wouldn't take um the opportunity now while it's happening no one cares tomorrow you know like yeah. people are just gonna you know your reputation's tarnished yeah. exactly you're sort of written off um yeah i <laughs> it did suck his statements suck are you are you what's he he's coming up in a film as well isn't he he's in the new mission mission impossible uh yeah which is apparently pretty good it's what is it mission impossible fallout i think yeah is, that's, is he in that one that's yeah. the one yeah he's in that one that's the one where he has the mustache that ruined ba- uh the justice league yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the most expensive mustache of all time that is uh, that's so fantastic uh henry cavill side action here what do you think of him as superman i like him you like him? I think yeah, he does I like okay. Him. I think he's got the the look for it. He's got the disposition. Yeah, I think. Uh, the- I think that they've done some good casting lately. I just wish the movies were better. Yeah, I think that Affleck is an awesome Batman. Yeah, me too. I, I think the script lets him down. Yeah, mm. uh, I, I agree with that. Um, all right. Well, Henry, come on, please come out with your apology soon. Yeah. Um, Step it up. Yeah. And speaking of apologies, a story that I've just added to the uh, agenda today this morning you probably haven't even seen it yet but scarlett johansson again following on i think from a previous topic last week has pulled out of her uh project as a transgender um in the, uh, the biopic portraying dante tex gill she's mm. decided to quote respectfully withdraw her participation in the project our cultural understanding of transgender people continues to advance and i've learned a lot from the community since making my first statement about my casting and realize it was insensitive. So that's just, a, I guess, a follow-up uh, from a topic that's been discussed. And, I mean, mm. is this what people wanted? Do they want her to pull out? I think the people complaining about it are probably happy to see it. But there was probably a lot of people that were just upset with the way that she justified it in her first statement that she mentioned. What do you think? Um, I, I'll probably need you to tell me what she, what she said in her first statement. Um, but it I was did, basically I, like, talk to um you know talk, and list, listed a agent. bunch of people no, no it was like <laughs> okay, right. it was talk to these other actors who've portrayed transgender characters like like jared leto and um uh tony collette's done it yeah yeah and the the guy from arrested development uh what's his name anyway he was in a, a series recently uh trambor jeff i think that's his name anyway she said other she basically said other people have done this before jeff Trimble, i'm not doing yeah, uh, yeah, yeah sorry jeff basically yeah saying other people have done this before why is it a big deal for me to do the same thing i think yeah uh it's interesting because she found her way kind of in a similar um predicament when she was cast in ghost in the shell mm. um but that yep. was that was about whitewashing yes. um I, i've only really seen this sort of sprinkled you know, in my, in my social media, unfortunately, I don't know a great deal about the, the this particular story. I saw um, Jordan, uh, I forget Jordan's last name, but Jordan, um, who is uh, a transgender lady who was in the comedy trio Axis of Awesome, and she's an Australian, oh, yeah. yep. Australian comedian and actor. Um, she, I saw a video. She was at uh, PAX last year. Briefly, yes, was it PAX last year? Um she was talking about the need for um, casting of transgender people in films. Yeah, I think this is a, an evolving conversation. I don't um, necessarily uh, disagree with her walking away. I think it's probably, you know, a respectful thing to do, um, given that people feel offended by her casting, um, that a community feels offended by her casting, and, and probably, you know, worth mentioning a community that's really uh, having a very difficult time. Um, finding its own identity within the world uh, at the moment in terms of um, uh, in terms of uh, culture and media um, it, and also you know just that 
people are dickheads and <laughs> still mm. don't treat people with, uh, with respect. Um, in terms of casting trans people in uh, films, yeah, like absolutely do it. I, I have to wonder how, um, uh, like how many, just thinking like really brutally about, you know, the Hollywood machine, exactly how um, palatable an idea that is. Um, but again, I, I don't know. I I think it's good. I wouldn't have cared though. I, like if I'm being really honest, if I saw Scarlett yeah. Johansson playing a trans person and she was meant to be, a, a, you know, a, a trans woman who was uh, born a male, I, I wouldn't have probably paid too much attention to that. Yeah, I don't think that she should have to apologize for being cast. I think that's not even her decision. Like she's auditioning. <laughs> she's putting herself out there. The people that are making this movie are the ones in charge of, you know, who's the right person for this role. So that's their job. And that they're the people that should be criticized, uh, I think, more than her. But her reaction was certainly yeah. left a lot to be desired. Yeah, like you're absolutely right. And the the... You know, d- will this person portray the best? Uh, oh, sorry. Will this person be the best portrayal or give the best portrayal of a trans person? Like, like when they casting, that's not the thing they're necessarily thinking about as well. They're yeah. thinking Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> this is a sure yeah. thing, you know. Uh, and also, she's a very talented actress or actor. Actor, right? You don't say yes. actress anymore, do you? We say actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's she is a very talented actor. Uh, and I like her a lot. I think she's just got a lot of presence and she's got a lot of range. Uh, I think she probably would have given this a solid crack um, mm. and that it's not just like a cash grab uh, sort of job as you know some films tend to be for people. Um, but yeah, like again, I think that this isn't a bad thing. Um, I, I, again, I feel indifferent. I don't yeah. know. Do you, <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah, like, no, I, I, think, I think when we talk about like we're still talking about whitewashing. We're still having yeah. There's a story um, like this every week. Yeah, and like again, rightly so. You know, I mean, yeah. the the did you see the problem with Apu? Um, yes, oh, I haven't seen it. But we last one of the previous times I was on this podcast, Jack and I talked about yeah. the Simpsons response to that documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like just looking at how, uh, <laughs> how not necessary. It is you know, all folks around Apu and, and um, I forget the voice actor's name, but how he has kind of taken it to this, you know, very stereotypical level. But it's about how damaging that is for, for yeah. you know, a whole nation's cultural identity, um, how they're viewed. Um, you know, it's, it's a problem and we, we still don't know how to fix that. Um, so I think, you know, this issue with trans casting is also kind of lumped in with it now. Um, and I think it is yeah. the same issue. I don't think it's necessarily different. Sure. All right, let's move on to the final topic. And we're getting out of Hollywood. We're getting out of stuff that's been talked about in previous weeks. <laughs> this one is something I found on theage.com. Uh, shout Lo- out to Fairfax, my, my previous employers. Love the age. Yeah. So there was a, there's a Facebook page run by an Australian woman called Joe, <laughs> And it had 2.6 million likes or follows. And... It was basically a meme page. It was called Effort, Let's Have a Beer. And from what I gather, it consisted of um, memes and stuff about drinking and, you know, that kind of humor, adult humor. And I don't know if you're a fan of this page or if you've ever seen it before, but basically Facebook shut it down and they Mm. didn't really explain why. They didn't give any warnings. They didn't give any heads up. And this is an interesting story to me because of the whole customer service side of it uh, and the lack of accountability that groups as big as Facebook and Google have to people who use their product. She wasn't just someone like you or me running a page for whatever. Like this Mm. was essentially an income stream. They spent money on advertising on Facebook. It's a legitimate way to do that. They had merchandise and all this kind of stuff. But, you know... To have that page taken away in a day with no details and heads up and explanation, for her to have to go basically to the media as she has to put this out there for Facebook to come out and say, oh, I guess it doesn't really breach our standards. You can have the page back. Like That's the only way that there's been a good ending for her and she's still none the wiser as to why it happened really. So... Mm. What, what are your thoughts on the story in general, but also, I guess, about the customer service side of these huge companies? 
Um, uh, I the story, um, story's kind of funny to me a little bit. <laughs> um, it, it, it it's it's a really big beast uh, to sort of tackle, I guess, because you think about how many pages there are um, on Facebook. I don't actually know. I imagine it's in the yeah hundreds of millions, probably. There wouldn't be. Yeah. That's there wouldn't be first. so many with a following as big as this one, I imagine. No, there wouldn't. And um, when you look at, like from a data analytics perspective, you would think that they would be able to extract enough information pretty easily um, mm. or at least install some kind of um, measure to make sure that th- there's probably, a you know, for the reasons that they've banned this page, they've probably banned, you know, countless others with much smaller followings, probably not monetized, probably haven't, you know, paid Facebook directly mm. um, for advertising and they've banned them and that's fine. Okay, you're banned, whatever. Whatever your page was, the repercussions there aren't as, aren't as bad. So they can kind of hit it with the hammer. Um, sure. But with when you have accepted money, you, you need a scalpel. You need to really make sure that what you're doing, um, if you are going to ban them, is is for a valid reason. And it seems like they've used the hammer here as well. Um, it, it is kind of... It's, it's weird. I, I, I don't understand how they make this kind of mistake. Because hmm. it is a mistake. Like, they've reinstated it. So, just by yeah. virtue of that, they're kind of admitting <laughs> that it was a mistake to have done it in the first place. Or that at least that's wasn't right. given due consideration in the first place. Yeah. And when, that's... Like, when she appealed it, they said that it was due to publishing adult content, hate speech, and promotion of regulated goods. So, which is really, you know, kind of a strange thing when you haven't had any warnings to say this post has been removed. It violated our standards. If it happens again, you have three strikes and you're out. But that's a really, uh, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. But what happens there? That's that's really, um, what's, what's the word Think I'm looking for Think about how much here. crap it's there not- is on other social medias though. Like I'm sure there are Facebook pages like almost dedicated to that kind of like vile stuff that haven't been shut down. There, Look, you're absolutely right. There is. Um, the but the process right like if you just think about the process for flagging mm. abuse on Facebook um, and in just on other social media sites it all kind of works the same um, you flag it and then uh, it's either automated or someone has to review it and it's very yeah. subjective to to just take a person's opinion or a few people's opinion to say yeah this is hate speech or yeah this is not you know necessarily the content that we want on Facebook um, it seems as well like a bit of a like a bit of a you know flow on effect from you know we still talk about Trump and and Facebook's role in in the presidential election of 2016 and and also about um, how Russia is allegedly u- using social media sites to plant fake news and and confuse the shit out of people and also how Facebook's algorithms to date haven't been really good at picking that up so when you use something when you say hate speech or when this gets picked up as something like hate speech it makes me think that they're really trying their best to to really filter out a lot of that stuff um they're they're advertising like crazy now I don't know if you've seen uh, uh Jono but uh, they're, they're on tv there are ads on TV, like um, Prime Time, Channel 9. Yeah, Facebook talking about how it's changing um, uh, yeah. what it's all about now. And it's I going saw back that to when its I went roots. To the, I went to the movies recently and they had a, an ad before the movie about you know how they're doing that change from, uh, I guess, pages and, and groups to the memories that we have with each other and all that kind of crap. Yeah, which, like, I was just kind of blown away to see it on Channel Channel 9 here, which is, you know, free-to-air TV. They must be doing this all over the world. Um, they're, yeah, they're really trying hard uh, to sort of fix their image. I, I'm glad that for this person's sake, the page got reinstated. I don't think it's really my cup of tea. Um, but go you, Joe. Yeah. I uh, hope you keep making, making money for six more years. And six years after that, um, yeah. But can you imagine, like, if say you know, eight bit was at the at the point of on Facebook being something where we, we were using it to sell a heap of merchandise, and we had like we were pay- we were making enough money to pay for ads, and then someone shuts the page down, and you're like, well, what's going on here? Like, we need this. Like, I- it would be pretty, <laughs> like as as they say in this article, it would be pretty gut wrenching. 
it it is gut wrenching. I can I can tell you from experience, having been the person that got <laughs> our um forever movie boys the the eight bit movie podcast that we have. Yeah, um, directly responsible for getting their Twitter account banned. Oh, where what's the story behind that? <laughs> um, when it first started, I I had a bot running to um right to retweet to, stuff. to retweet things, and yeah, because of um the Facebook data breach that happened um with i forget the name something britannica or analytica or something the the guy they gave all that information to then sold it on yeah um all social media places changed their terms of service so the bot that i was running that was perfectly you know compliant uh was now not compliant and uh yeah fmb had their first twitter account banned um and not able to get it reinstated either like they just uh wouldn't wouldn't let me wouldn't, wouldn't hear me out um so it's yeah. it is gut wrenching. Even when you you've got a Twitter account of twenty people that gets banned, it's gut wrenching. <laughs> and that comes back to the customer service thing. I think these big companies, like if if you have a serious issue with Facebook or Google or Twitter, mm. and you want to actually talk to someone or even email someone, good luck because there's no phone numbers, there's no uh, email addresses. No. Like in my in my actual work job, I work at mm. a health organization and I do a bit of work with the Facebook page. We had someone posing as our hospital with an inappropriate picture, like that was like because you can add places to Facebook, like to check in. Yeah. And it wasn't a picture of our hospital; it was a picture of like chicks in a bikini or something. And we're like, okay, this is weird. Let's get this sorted out. There's no one to talk to. There's no if you mm. want a question about advertising, if you have a question about any of that stuff, searching for like Sydney, Google or Sydney like Facebook office. What's the phone number? There's nothing. It's almost impossible. So. I think that, you know, there's such big companies that it is maybe completely impractical and impossible to give a, a contact number out. But I think there needs to be a, a better approach to customer service. And even like I've heard a couple of podcasts talk about Google entering the world of uh, video game consoles recently. And it was brought mm. up that they would have to improve their approach to customer service because at the moment there's almost none apart from ticking a box that says this is inappropriate or this you know offends me and then it gets reviewed by i'm guessing a robot <laughs> yeah it so, does. yeah yeah exactly and so i think that you know if you have an issue with uh, a purchase or something when you're on the playstation store or the nintendo or xbox arcade whatever it's called now xbox live like you deal with a person you deal with someone that can help you and they can reinstate like reimburse the money mm. but i think google would have to enter that kind of customer service world with with a new approach but we're, we're only i i agree with you uh, but I, I actually wonder about you know what 10 years down the line looks like because um you know things like contact centers they're they're very slowly going to become a thing of the past um as as chatbots become yeah. smarter um the need to actually deal with someone on the phone and also because i think our our you know uh as consumers our approach to you know dealing with problems is sort of changing we do go online a lot more we do yeah. um go to websites a bit more i recently disputed a phone bill with optus and i did it all through messenger like through a um mm. a like click a, a click to chat no it wasn't a, it was a yeah. person but it was sort of okay, click to chat okay it was a person um and, and I found it? that really good, even though it kind of took me two hours to get through it. I was just kind of like doing whatever I wanted I was doing. I was cooking, I was leaving home, I was on my way home and stuff, but I was kind of having this conversation at the same time. I think as consumers, as we sort of change how we approach these things, the need for contact centers becomes less and less. And also, again, as technology advances, we can sort of get rid of contact centers. So I I can't see how, um, uh, how, how Facebook... Uh, would potentially for the amount of people that have Facebook accounts be able to kind of manage it any other way Um, I like uh, just on customer service and dealing with companies big tech companies I liked um, Uber Uber are hilarious they've got a really good sense of humor I um, I was stranded at a pub uh, and I was I was a few beers in and um, I my Uber cancelled so I I emailed Uber like furious I was I'm stuck at the pub I don't know like I can't get home you won't your app doesn't work da 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 and they replied back within half an hour which is very impressive response time straight away and their first line was we are so sorry that you are still stuck at the pub (laughs) Uh, what did they do for you? um they they fixed it uh it was an issue with like accepting a card they fixed that and gave me a ten dollar voucher so 
go there Uber. Go. Yeah. Um, That's a Uber's another topic altogether. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's save it for Jack for next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, send your complaints to Cruzy underscore mate. So that, that's the, uh, the the news for the week. We're going to move into some uh, uh, listener questions, if you can call them that. <laughs> we, we put the call out on Twitter yesterday. This is what we got back. Dane PV, friend of 8-Bit, great supporter of uh, this show and, and others. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening to the nameless table? Uh, yes. And what does that even mean? Ah, <laughs> uh, so... Um, we used to, we used to record the Hungry Gamers all in, all together, all in the same room, um, at, at Hungry HQ. Uh, and that was when we were all in the same state. Um, and it was at Brendan's house and Brendan had a bit of a studio set up, uh, and to kind of make it our own, Brendan and I made this table. We went to Bunnings, we got the material, (laughs) we bought the tools, um, and we spent a night and a few beers building a table. And we couldn't get it named. We kept asking listeners to name it. It was called the Nameless Table after um, after enough weeks and some laziness sort of settled in. Uh, what happened to it? I think we just kind of left it, <laughs> to be honest. I think Brendan put it out on the on the street, to yeah. be entirely honest with you. Yeah, I'm very sorry to say that. I didn't have room to take it. It was actually like, you know, pretty of a bit of a dodgy table. The way <laughs> the edges, like the edges were so sharp that you'd cut your fingers on them. Wow. Um, I forget what the material was called. It wasn't wood though. It was something else. Uh, but yeah. When Maybe it's in someone else's podcast studio cutting their fingers now. I'd, I'd like to think so. That's kind of a romantic <laughs> thought, you know, that it's just yeah. kind of being ferried around, um, inherited by the next group of, you know, uh, starry-eyed podcasters. Um, yeah, it's it's gone. Blame Brendan. He left the, he left the state and that's what happened. <laughs> um, just collateral damage yeah sorry Dane probably could have sent it to you yeah I, I bet you would have you could probably. have sent pieces of it out like uh, you know yeah. to all the fans like here's a here's a piece of history that's oh god I wish we thought of that that's a fantastic idea um, oh, well. oh well anyway go on now maybe we can still do it we'll just make another one and save yeah, the just, original if it's if it's at I- Ikea they probably still sell it yeah <laughs> so the next question for you Salim it comes from the 8-bit account how does one become the king of Iron Fist if they are always late oh my I'm guessing this is a dig at you yeah absolutely Brendan, maybe it could be Ali I'm actually wondering who said sent this in mm. how can you be the king of Iron Fist if you're always late um well uh my, my first instinct is to attack 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 um attack <laughs> Uh, Brendan for once again leaving the state um, and and creating a whole bunch of logistical issues for us to record week to week. Thanks, Brendan. Really appreciate it, mate. Um, also to Ali, my I love Ali. I, I really do. I really do love Ali. And it's very hard for me to actually find something to be mad at her about. She's very sassy. She's very in your face. She gives me a good, uh, you know, good beating every now and then. Um, Ali, if this was you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being late. Ali's, it is probably Ali. She's always the one who gets at me for being late. Um, to answer the question truthfully though, how can you be the king of Iron Fist while you're always late? doesn't matter what time you rock up. You rock up, you perform, you leave. That's it. With the medal. That's it. That's all you have to do. Yeah. I love how the listener questions is just like in jokes. Yeah. Of the Hungry Gamers. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you leave it a day out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, that's it. That's all the questions we have. Thanks, guys. And, uh, you know, if you would like to ask a question for next week's guest, who is a mystery at this point because Jack's not here to ask, you can send that to at cruzy underscore mate, if we've mentioned a few times. And the email address, it is what it is at 8bit.net. And of course, leave your reviews in iTunes. It's always great to help the show out with, uh, you know, a little, a little boost, a little bump to the algorithm. Five-star review goes a long way. Tell your friends. If you don't mm-hmm. have iTunes, mm. word of mouth works as well. Uh, Hungry Gamers coming up this week. Uh, there's probably an episode to air before this, but I will be on that show with you and Brendan, I believe. So looking forward to that, Celine. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to having you on. There, there should be an episode... Um, at the time of Same recording, I think... Yeah, yeah, I think at the time of recording, it's already out. Uh, so if you're listening to this, um, go and find that. Uh, but yeah, looking really forward to having you on, Jono, to hear about what you've been playing lately, uh, and also to Better get play some games. Yeah, yeah, sh- don't worry, man. <laughs> me too. Uh, 
there's only so there's only so long you can talk about World of Warcraft before you start to lose people, <laughs> and I think it it's about twenty five seconds <laughs> you start sure, to lose sure. everyone. Um, but yeah, that's happening, and that's going to be uh, next week. Um, so looking looking forward to that. Absolutely. And who uh, you can? F- yeah, I was going to say, and who's in putting on work? Uh, putting in work. Putting in work uh, this week. Uh, so we just had Roger Craig Smith on the show for episode 75, which I mentioned before, and that was really awesome. It's, it's been going really well. The response has been pretty cool. Uh, if you don't know Roger, he was the voice of Ezio in Assassin's Creed, and he's done Batman in a few different games as well. So, yeah, very uh, talented individual with some great inspirational advice for people who are out there interested in the world of, of voice acting and voiceover. Uh, this week, I've got uh, Ben from ZQ Racing, uh, he's the um, head of, of marketing for them. He's also done a lot of work in radio. Uh, he had a really popular country music radio program in Australia, Ben Sorensen. Uh, so look forward to that. Yeah. But cool. until then, Salim, where can people find you on the Twitters? Uh, you can find me at Salim TD uh, on Twitters. And, uh, and I guess yeah. you can find us all more broadly at We Are 8 Bit. That's it. And I'm on Twitter at Jono himself. Send some love to our uh, our regular host, Jack. You know his Twitter handle by now. We've only said it 12 times. And uh, until next week, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs>